Recorded live. And life can get all up in your ass, baby. You better work it out. Now let me tell you what it's all about. A skin not considered equal. A meteor has more rights than my people who wake the time screaming who they've hated. That's why the native tongues has officially been reinstated. You know, the stakes is high. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are back. Guard Your Girl Boxing every Tuesday night, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. My name is Roberto Flack. I think we have my man Bo out of Chicago on the line. What's going on, man? Always a pleasure to be here. Word up, word up, man. So I had to start off the show. Paying homage first off to the great De La Soul dropping their new album. You can get it on Spotify. But the topic for tonight is going to be stakes is high. Because um, (laughs) within boxing as well as in real life, stakes are high. And I really want to just start off the show, man. Um, You know, we're we're, we're a, a, a podcast of a crew of dudes who came up, you know, in, in you know, any time between the late seventies, early eighties, nineties, during that whole time frame. And, you know, we've seen our share of things through our lives, man. And and it's like we're now fathers in a sense. Well, not even in a sense, we are, you know, including yourself, bro. And just real quick before before we get into boxing, man, um, you know, I just wanted to touch on, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the, the the obvious news that you know hit the hit the airways and social media and really you know nationwide news. Another shooting, uh, another senseless murder, I should say. Uh, a man by the name of Terrence Crutcher, who was killed by uh, four police officers, in particular one woman. Um, shot an unarmed man with a SUV <laughs> uh broken down in the middle of the road, hands up, uh was tased and then shot to death. So like I said, we're we're a, a crew of heads that cover the sport. Um you know, again I appreciate you both coming on the line, but I just wanted to touch on this real quick because I'm somebody who you know, I've though though I you know, I'm not African American uh, you know, I am Latino, and I have experienced, at the very least, one incident where, you know, uh, my race came into play when it concerned the police, man. And I, I think this is just getting ridiculous. And, you know, uh, condolences to, to Terrence Crutcher's family. Uh, he had, I believe, like four kids, and now they are fatherless. And we're seeing this time and time again, man. And I, I mean, I, I think there, there's got to be an immediate call to action. And like I said, man, this is getting out of hand. And it's quite, it's quite funny when we're making, you know, these big uh, complaints and throwing rocks at these NFL players for, you know, the, you know, not standing for the national anthem or holding their hands up. Meanwhile, people are getting killed, innocent, unarmed people by what some people would call terrorists in this country. 
You know, and, and I know I, and I, there's people that I know that are police officers. And, you know, it, it, it's really hard to look at, at, at what's going on with a straight face and say, you know what, yeah, everything, everything's okay. I'm sorry, it's not. So I'll hand it off to you, Bo. I don't know if you want to really speak on this real quick before we, you know, start talking about, you know, uh, the, the, the sport we love. But, um, you know, I just wanted to get this out there because, I mean, I think in, in any platform that, at least for myself, if I could use – you know, I just want to speak my piece on it, and um, you know, I'll leave it to you both. If you wanted to, you wanted to add on. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for uh, first. I want to say thank you for talking about it. A lot of people wouldn't, a lot of people wouldn't talk about this because they're afraid of the backlash. But uh, right, right. Here's the here's the thing, and you're absolutely right. Like you got people throwing rocks at Colin Kaepernick, and the reason why he's not standing for the flag is what is what you just what we're talking about right now. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like you said, you got innocent, unarmed people dying simply because of, 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 and I hate to say it because I don't ever like using the race car, but you can't sit here and tell me that there's not a pattern that you see. Right. But you'll throw rocks at Kaepernick for standing, for, 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 for not, and it's not like he's doing it because he's against America. He said, he, you know, he, he's explained why he's doing it because of what's going on. Right. And, He's not standing. You throwing rocks at him, and then look at what you know, and then look at what's happening. And how can you justify throwing rocks at him, especially after something like this? A call, you know, like you said, a call to action has to come because, you know, look, I'm African American, and uh, you know, and uh, part Latino, and mm-hmm. I can stand here and tell you, it's like, it's a, it's a thing where you feel like, where am I safe? You know, it's, and, 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 and you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a father. So now I'm worried about yep. my kids because yep. I really feel like there's a target on our backs. I, I'm, I, I hate to say that, but that's, that's how I feel. And it, it, it's, it's not even just with the police. I mean, let's go beyond the police. I mean, you can even look at, at it, you know, in sports. You know, here you have like we talk about, Floyd Mayweather was hating. And, and, and don't give Floyd gave him, you know, but Andre Ward don't give you no reason to hate him, but yet, look how people treat him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a situation where, you know, like you said, man, this is it's sad, it's, it's, it's extremely painful, and there are people who, 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 who I know, um, I remember back when Trayvon Martin died, and I got into it with a buddy of mine who was a police officer, and I told him, I said, man, there's nothing you can tell me that's going to make me understand why a 16-year-old boy, 16, 16. So he does not live to make amends for any of his sins that we've, we've all had the pleasure of doing. Yeah. You know, die. You're not going to help me explain that, just like what you're talking about. That's a family that's fatherless. That's a, you know, that's a, that's a mother or a father that has lost their son or an uncle. You know, that's somebody's loved one who did nothing wrong. You know, and that, that, that's the part that, that gets me is he did nothing wrong here, and he's taken from us, but yet the focus of what everybody wanted to complain about is Colin Kaepernick, but I thought the reason why we – I served in the military, United States Navy, CDN 75, uh, 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 CDN 65, USS Enterprise, CDN 72, Abraham Lincoln, VA 95, Green Lizard, if, if anybody want to question that. So I served in this country, and I served in this country 
for people to have the right to do what Colin Kaepernick is doing, whether I like mm-hmm. it or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I served in the country for people to do that. I served in the country uh, where, 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 where people have the right to be racist and say racist things, whether I like it or not. It's part of, it's part of the First Amendment right. So, right. you know, I mean, just like we said yesterday, sometimes you got to take the good with the bad. I might, I don't always like what people say, but I respect everybody's opinion because you know what? We all have different experiences that lead us to where we are. So I appreciate you talking about this opportunity sin because it is sad and it's very worrisome because it is happening at a rapid rate. It is, and, and that part is not one of two things. It is a rapid rate. And uh, there was a tweet that I saw earlier where somebody said, you know, what about black and black crime? Uh, black on black crime or drive-by shootings. Here's the thing. Drive-by shootings, that means that the suspect is still at large. That's not the case here. We know what happened. We know who did it and why. So you can't use that as a comparison. And I get upset when people say stuff like that because I feel like you're insulting my intelligence when you say something like that. You know, but, man, like I said, thanks for talking about it, and it's something that needs to be said, and that's my piece on it. But what I I do want to say to people is if if we're going to have a call to arms, let's do it the right way. Let's do it in a way where the focus and the attention is on the matter at hand and not do it where the folks and the attention is, is, is going to be on our action. Let's make sure that the attention is where it's supposed to be. You know, do not let the media take the attention off the topic. So, you know, and that's what I want to say. Great words, man. Great words, man. So, yeah, we just wanted to start off the show just, you know, ma- uh, making attention of it, you know, because, you know, we, we got listeners that uh, are even overseas, man, that don't experience this per se, or, or, or really in the UK where, you know, you don't have, you know, you're not allowed to have guns, period. You know, so, I mean, that it, it, to us is second nature here, but, I mean, to have, um, you know, for people in other countries to see police officers, like, killing, you know, unarmed innocent people at, at the rate that it's been going, man, and like, and you know what was the topic <laughs> that that you know of the video that you posted, you know that I took part of yesterday uh, about social media and how social media is getting all of this out in the open. So, in in all reality, while people are saying, I mean, obviously th- there is an obvious problem, but I mean, think about what we have may have missed out in the last like some odd years without social media. I mean, because this is how, how, how all this stuff is being shown. You know, it, it's just it's just crazy to me, man, and. Um, again, like I, I just wanted to, you know, put that piece out there, you know, before, you know, before we start talking about boxing, you know, cause we definitely got things to talk about in that department. And, um, like I said, man, you know, condolences to his family and, you know, obviously, you know, just, uh, stay up and, and be alert, man, seriously. So any case, man, before I, I, I don't know if all of these are going to come on the line tonight, but like, before we get to the meat and potatoes of the show, um, there was a fight over the weekend before the main card. And it was a fight. I, did, I don't know if it took place in Russia. I, I think it did. It, it, it was uh, the cruiserweight fight. It, it kind of was, was a low-key, uh, minorly big fight, kind of, you know, like for the division. And it was Kristoff Gowacki and uh, Alexander Usyk. And, man, um, I had never seen Usyk fight. And I seen Glowacki fight a few, t- uh, like a couple times, and Usyk is, is 
very impressive, man. And, 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 you know, the Cruiserweight division hasn't had the luster that it once had back in the day, you know, when you had, like, some of the bigger names that, you know, you would see on Tuesday night fights and or, you know, like, undercards of big fights and such. But um, did you get a chance to see that full fight or, like, the replay of it? Oh, dude, I saw the fight. And I remember I, re- I, I actually talked about this fight uh, in my skits. I, I did a podcast on it because I was excited about this fight because I knew Usyk and Glowacki, and I was telling everybody, man, Usyk is going to win this fight because um, uh, I don't know if you remember, I did an uh, interview with James uh, James Bashir, who is the uh, famous uh, legendary crunk coach from Crunk's gym. He worked on Emmanuel Stewart, him and Emmanuel right, were friends right. over some of my years. He's his trainer. But I, I remember seeing Usyk and I remember telling me, you know, um, uh, Twine them, shout out to them, had put me on him. And I was watching him, and I was like, I've never seen a big man move like this, ever. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? I mean, he yeah. was moving like a small forward, man. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> I've never seen a big man move like that. And um, so, I, you know, I, I had picked Usyk because, and a lot of people say, oh, but Galaki been in there with this guy, he been there with that guy. Like, you know, they said he was in there with Cummings, he was in there with Huck. And I said, here's the thing. Cummings, he knocked Cummings down four times, but Cummings only lost by four points, meaning that if Cummings wouldn't have got knocked down, just two of those, two of those, you know, two of those knockdowns, you would have been looking at a draw. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then look at uh, Huck. Huck was clearly outboxing and dominating Glowacki, okay? Yeah. Glowacki came back and won by the knockout because he needed it in the very last round. That's how he won. I, I take nothing away from him. Because he, he he still had to muster it up to get the knockout, but he was clearly being dominated and he was being hit. So I was, and I after watching Usyk, I was like, "Yo, I'm I'm not saying Usyk." And at that time, I was I was like, "Usyk isn't a better boxer than Huck." Now I feel like he is after watching him. But I was like, if if he boxes and sticks to that boxing game plan and uses his reach and fights like a big man and use those punch variations that you know we I've seen him do. I said, man, what chance does Goacki have? Because Goacki, believe it or not, he has to plant his feet. And he, he kind of punches like a heavyweight, meaning that he plants his feet very hard to throw his hard punches because he yeah. is a hard puncher. So when he plants his feet and he misses, all you have to do is that half-inch pivot, Robert. You know, you know what I mean, that half-inch yeah, yeah, pivot yeah, yeah. that little shoulder roll, and he's not going to fire back because you're not there to hit him. Right. You know, he's, you're not there for him to hit you. So I had picked Usyk and hit with him. I didn't. I had no idea he was going to perform like that. He gave the performance of his life, but I've been telling people that amateur pedigree, when you have over three or 400 fights, these guys with three, 400 fights, they are fighting the best on a global scale, and they're used yeah. to going into hostile territory, you know? They're used to being in somebody's backyard. They're used to going where they don't have any people cheering them on, and they're facing the best on a larger scale. Now, of course, it's not the pro level, but you get so many fights, you, 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 you've seen it all, so you're more calmer and you're more able to get into your rhythm going into the fight earlier. Yeah, yeah. He impressed me, man. He, he, you know, I caught it later. You know, I caught the – it was on YouTube real quick, and then, and then you know, it got taken down. But it, it, he was – I was very impressed, man. And, you know, like I said, the division hasn't had, like, that type of, you know – Lift in a minute, you know, and do you think he could? Do you think he could compete a heavyweight at some point? 
I think so. Uh, the fight was in Poland. That's that's by the way. It was in Uruguay. Okay, okay, Milwaukee, yeah, yeah, you know, you're right, yeah. you're right. That's right, Poland, that's right. Yeah. Cause Milwaukee's from you Poland, know, right, right. I I think so because you got to remember, cruiserweight is the you know the only stop. Next stop from cruiserweight is heavyweight. So I think right. he can compete at heavyweight. He's very tall. He's very big. Um, how much success he have? I think he can give like the uh, the second tier guys some trouble. You know, I I, yeah. I can't say he because. You know Tyson Fury is still a, a big heavyweight. A big dude, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know he's a he's still a big dude. Uh, Anthony Joshua is still a kind of a big dude and a, a very hard puncher. Um, and even uh, Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder is extremely athletic. So those moves that the Usyk was making, Wilder can mimic those moves because he's athletic also. So. Uh, I think the second tier guys. I think those second tier guys, he can get some. He, he can get some trouble too. But yeah. I, I mean, again, only with only ten fights, though, sky's the limit for this guy. Well, let me put this out in the air, okay? Um, there is obvious fight in November that you know we're obviously going to discuss down the road. But Andre Ward at some point said he wanted to go to cruiserweight <laughs> and go to heavyweight. And the stop there at some point when this guy, you know, has several fights ahead of him, I mean, that, I mean, we'll see, but I mean, you know, the options, you know, begin to open up. You know, that's, uh, oof. Uh, well, okay, everything depends on if he gets past Kovalev, of course. Right. I mean, again, let's, let's not, not pretend like, you know, that's, that's not a, you know, let's not pretend like that's just like a, you know, a little walk in the park. Man. But then again, who knows? <laughs> you right. know, but, um, but I, I will say, if he has to fight, now that's a guy, Usyk, that would be a very intriguing fight because, again, like you said, he's athletic. He showed yep. some, some definite ring intelligence. Andre Moore may have him as far as experience, and that's probably the only factor. But I think he's going to be bigger than Andre Ward. So that would be interesting because he's athletic. Uh, he's a very good mover. He has a ring IQ. So that, that would definitely be interesting. I'm, I agree with you. Uh, I personally hope Andre Ward don't go to heavyweight. I, I can't see him. Being yeah. Like, I don't want him to do the whole – I don't want him to do the old Roy and then come back and then you know he have a problem with like uh, who knows you know like yeah. you know that but you know how 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 funny would it be though like it, I, I, I some I read this somewhere where they were saying some they were they were trying to align um, Andre Ward and Roy Jones where they, if he would follow the same path of going to cruiserweight and then hop into heavyweight and building up. And then, like, he comes back down to fight Triple G, and then Triple G ends up knocking him out because he, like, dropped in weight yeah, from, you yeah. know, doing, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I kind of, I think for Ward, I mean, I think he should, I could see him going to cruiserweight, or fight, but, like, he'll be small. But, like, Roy, at, 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 when he fought Ruiz, now, mind you, Ruiz was, like, the fourth tier title holder at the time. But, yeah. um I mean, he still had the, you know, speed for a, for a, a heavyweight or what he was fighting against. But, you know, it wasn't the speed that we were looking at when he was at 168, you know, or right. or at light heavyweight where it was just like, come on, man. You know, that, that right, was just like right, ridiculous right. speed. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll let's. Let's worry about November nineteenth first, though, <laughs> as a concern. Yeah, that's that's, that's not an easy task at all. That is not yeah, an easy task in November. Oof, man. Like, and we're already, yo, we're already, like, hitting October, man. 
You know what, though? Think about this fight. And, and here's the and I, and I always say this to people. I said, what makes this fight intriguing to me is that um, we're going to find out two things. We're going to find out um, if, if uh, Andre Ward, you know, daring to be great, is uh, was it a situation where him daring to be great was maybe too much for him? Or we're going to find out if Kovalev is really just that good. That's, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to find out, you know, this is, you know, the truth of Andre Ward. And I hate to say it because he's done some good things. But, I mean, let's face it, this is one of those big challenges. So people are going to say, okay, we're going to find out the truth about Andre Ward. So we're either going to find out the truth of Andre Ward or we're going to find out the truth of, of, of Kovalev. Is he really just that good? And I like right. that, man. I think that's intriguing. And they're in their prime and undefeated. How can you not ask for more, man? Yeah, for yeah. I mean, this is this is this is the boxing fans like Super Bowl. I mean, in a sense, man. I yeah. mean, this is this is what we all want. And I think the good thing about it too is that both of these guys want it. It's not like either guy was like suckered into this fight. I mean, some people are saying yeah. that like Ward was pushed into like heavyweight, but I mean, I don't believe that because they they interviewed him. Um, I forgot after what fight, and he admitted he goes, man, I can't make 168 anymore. You know what I'm saying? And it's like we all kind of knew that. I mean, he had been at 168 for a while, man. And naturally, mm-hmm. you know, you, you tend to go out of the division depending how long, like, you've been there. But Ward's not an old guy. I mean, he's only, like, what, 30? I mean, that's not really yeah, old. In, in, 31. In, you know. Yeah, man. So, so and Kovalev either, man. Kovalev, they're both, they're both in their physical peak, their primes. Yeah, man, right. that's oh. – I don't even want to get into that yet because there's a lot. I mean, because and I want to have ROD here because I mean he's I I can't wait to cover that fight because that's gonna be that that's gonna be something. Man. Yeah. Um, I hate when people well, say I hate when people say force because you have a choice. He didn't have to sign that contract if he didn't want to. Fight. No, absolutely, man. Ward. That's why I respect Ward, man. I mean, he's for 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 what it's worth. And look, like I I get um, the, the 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 fact that like he's not. Uh, he he's not he doesn't have like an outgoing personality, but he he's just like he comes off just like he he's a real dude, you know, like and and, mm-hmm. and he you know he just keeps it one hundred as best he could, you know, and he doesn't go out of his way to like impress people. He he handles everything in the ring, you know, and and, and I think um, I think it's it's great. We're gonna see this, man. I mean, we. we we're already, uh, you know, we're going to hop into <laughs> another situation as far as another super fight coming up, you know, what we're hoping will happen at some point. But, you know, right. we'll, we'll, we'll touch on Ward and Kovalev uh, in, in the next few weeks. But I'll, let's jump into the undercard of, um, you know, the, the fight that took place over the weekend, Canelo Alvarez and Liam Smith at the AT&T Stadium where the Cowboys play <clears> – <throat> Uh, and, um, <laughs> you know, uh, again, like going into this car, you know, going into this car, I mean, I don't think many of us were really super focused on the main event because it was kind of a inevitable outcome. But, you know, I watched the undercards and look, outside of one fight, you know, with the, the Gabe Rosado and, and Willie Moreau fight, I mean, it was a pretty eventful card, man. I mean, I, I mean, I can't front. Uh, it started off with Diego De La Hoya, who I did I, for for some reason I thought it was his nephew, but like I don't, I, I, I it's like his cousin from his father's like it, it's like his father's br- half brother's son, so it's like his technically mm. his cousin. 
So it's Diego De La Hoya, and he and he fought the Puerto Rican Luis Deval De Valle. And you know he won by um, I, I, yeah he won by a decision. He um, I mean this was a nice little scrap. You know I I think it was just like uh, De La Hoya was the bigger puncher. He looked like the bigger guy. He kind of looks like because they were they were junior featherweights, and you look he kind of has the 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 legs and the build that he's going to be at featherweight pretty soon and. It's weird. Like, he looks like his stance a little bit looks like Oscar. Because you know how Oscar used to have, like, his chin tucked, the, the, the left shoulder down, and, like, he would just have, the, the, he, he would just have his right up. And he, at some point he kind of looked like that when he was, like, kind of being stationary. But Oscar was a little more fluid, you know, like when, when, when he got his shots off and everything. And De La Hoya, to me, seems a little on, more on the stiff side. But he was just a bigger puncher in this case. But it was a nice scrap. I mean, uh, Devaya landed some nice shots on him. Um, I don't know if I would put him uh, – it's tough for me to say, like, if I put him in, like, the top ten. I mean, I guess somebody would put him in, a, in like, at number ten. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, I think we, we need to see more of, of Diego De La Hoya. And, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see that. I'll division. That junior featherweight division, no one's getting hot. I'm telling you, that junior featherweight. Well, right. Division I mean, that's that's the thing, and it's like now. it's like he he. I think he needs like a few more fights. You know, like we're, yeah, we're like he's inevitably going to get. You know, to whether it's there or where, whether he just says like you know I'm going to just go to featherweight, which to be honest with you might not. That'd be a bad move. Idea. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a bad move, man. That, so, divi- I mean, that division is on fire. That division well, is on fire right now. Well, well, to segue, you know, into the featherweight division, we saw once again Jojo Diaz against Andrew Cancillo. And I got to tell you, this to me was the highlight of the card. And mm-hmm. I think it's because, you know, Jojo Diaz, I mean, number one, like we were just saying, the featherweight division is heating up. I mean, you look at what's there now, and that's even taking Lomachenko out of the picture. I mean, yes. that division – you can make a lot of fights there. And Jojo Diaz is a dude that we've been keeping our eye on. And, Quite a, yeah, you know, for me, yeah, he comes from, you know, the, the 2012, you know, Olympic class. And, you know, he debuted on HBO. And, I mean, this kid, man, like, he, it, it's just, there's something about, I can't, I can't pinpoint it yet. But there's something about him, man, that, um, he he looks like like he 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 somewhat of a throwback fighter, man. Like mm-hmm. I look at some of these guys at featherweight, right? And you know, you look at you look at the 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 Gary Russells and and and, and, and the Leo Santa Cruz and the Carl Frampton, who mind you, they're good, man. Carl, Carl, yes, I, they I, are. I I became a bit of a fan of Carl Frampton after that fight, and. There's something about Jojo Diaz, man, that there's some type of relentless in him. And not only that, but the skill that this kid mm-hmm. has, man, slipping shots, coming yes. back with counters, counter uppercuts, counter left hooks, the, 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 the way he was turning and, and getting out of the way, footwork. It, I was just looking at him like, yo. He's a pocket fighter. He's a very good pocket fighter. He's oh, a very yeah. Very good pocket fighter. Oh, man. yeah. Yeah, man. Very good pocket Definitely. fighter. And, you know, I'm looking at that division, and I'm like, yo, they got another problem, man. 
this, yeah. you know, definitely got another problem. And, and I, I, yeah, I believe they stopped this fight. I mean, he he was just landing like massive shots on him, man. And I was, it was at a point, yeah, like his nose got like just destroyed, man. Like it looked, it was like turning into a bloodbath, man. And and it was at a point where I think they honestly could have stopped the fight before the round before, but um, Jojo Diaz, I mean. If you haven't seen this dude fight, I mean, he's, he's already gotten some looks already. But uh, I think, I mean, he's with De La Hoya, right? Yes, he is. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Okay, he's, well, look, let me, let me say this. I mean, I don't know about, I mean, he's, you know, Canelo is obviously the big cash star, cash star right now. But, I mean, I this he could potentially be the next, the, the second best thing that he has in that stable man uh you know especially now at featherweight you know we're gonna see if they uh these guys want to get in there with him man because i mean this guy's a dangerous out for any of those dudes and he just needs the experience you know he needs to get in there uh, and fight some of these guys like at least like a top five and just kind of you know measure him out i would say like abner mars man actually i'll be honest with you i see him beating right now i see him being, uh, 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 what's the name? Shelby. Oh, uh, yeah. Is, was, was, what's Lee his name? Shelby? Lee Shelby? Yeah. yeah I yeah, see yeah, him yeah, being yeah. Lee Shelby right now. I see that right I, now. I, I, I probably Shelby. would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that. He applied. So that's another division, because now let's, let's not forget, there's a bad, bad Cuban dude, just a division below it. He might go up that way and wee wee. Oh boy! Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's another. That's another one of the. That's why, like, this show and what we do with the movement. Shout out to all those guys over there. We talk about these divisions that nobody pays attention to, right? Because no, these, yeah. these, like you said, like you said, JoJo. D- I remember watching JoJo Diaz when Ring TV was streaming fights online. You can yeah, watch Ring yeah, TV yeah. online. And I remember watching him. I was like, whoa, who the fuck is this guy watching? That's what I was like, oh, what is this I remember looking at him. I was like, what is this guy looking at? And it reminded me of, of, like you said, that old school grit. And that's what he has. He has yeah. that old school grit. If you get him, he's going to get you back. So, you don't, you know what I'm saying? It's like he's not going to let you get that confidence. So, if you get him, he's getting you back. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You hit him once, he, yeah. you hit him once, he has to hit you three, four times. You know, <laughs> and he and he makes you pay when you miss, like you said. You miss, he makes you pay, or he, oh. he at least gonna throw the punch, or you think about it. So, Yo, I he mean, was I, some I ridiculous like counters, man. Yeah, I like what I'm saying. I actually, uh, Diego, um, uh, uh, Diego de la Hoya, he's okay. Uh, I don't see him like I see him probably still hanging around the second tier of the division. Yeah. But I, I think well, I'm, I'm with you. If you're gonna put your eggs in somebody. Uh, it it has to be Jojo Diaz, but the only problem is at that division he's at. That division normally don't have a lot of notoriety or bring a lot of, you know, of money. Unfortunately, because mm-hmm. people anything from one forty seven up is what people care about for some for some odd reason. Right. Yeah. Well, no, man. Like, I mean, I'm I'm glad you brought that up, man. I mean, we we cover. Um, I mean, obviously the hot divisions, but you know that division. You know, if you're a fan of the sport, and even if you're not like a, even if you're like a borderline casual, you know, because I got friends now that are becoming like, they're teeter tottering between the casual and like knowing what's going on in the sport and everything. So it's like they're paying attention too to some of these guys, man. And mm-hmm. it's it's 
you know, when you think of and, – and you know, obviously I want to bring up we, – we didn't bring it up in the last show, I don't think. You know, I wanted to say rest in peace to Bobby Chacon. And, yes. You know, you, you, know, you know, when you look at the fights like with him and Danny Lopez and, and just like other fights that he was in, I mean, I mean that's like – those are the – I mean, in, in essence, like, you know, he reminds me of like that type of grit, but with skill mm-hmm. behind it. You know, obvious, yes. obvious yes. skill, man. So be on the lookout for Jojo Diaz, man. And, I mean, that's a dope name, too, Jojo Diaz. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I like that, man. I like that. So um, on to the next fight, Gabe Rosado and Willie Monroe. Uh, do we have to? So, do we have real to? Real quick, real quick, man. Okay. Um, um, yeah, man, I mean, look, Willie Monroe, I, I think he had one fight after the, the Golovkin fight. And, you know, he was having promotional issues or something like that. And, you know, Gabe Rosado is, you know, you know, you look at his record, man, and, like, you, you, I, almost get, I almost forget, like, the guys he's fought, like, between Peter Quillen and, you know, he fought Triple G first before, like, and, you know, uh, you know or at least, like, before a lot of these other guys ended up fighting him, man. And, you know, in this fight, like, I didn't even have a winner, to be honest with you. I mean, I... I it's like and it's like I didn't even like really care because number one, I am telling you flat out that if had Gabe won, he was going to be the next fight for Canelo, no doubt about it. That's why he was, that's why he was the, the 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 second to last fight. But Willie Monroe, <laughs> shout out to Rod man, like he was. You know, man, like, we we were talking about it, and, and there were parts where Millie, Willie Monroe was, like, trying to, like, I mean, he did make it difficult for Gabe to really get off any shots, and Gabe just looked like, he just looked very flat, you know, like, mm-hmm. he just didn't apply anything, didn't look like he had a real game plan going in, and, like, even in the corner, like, Fernando Vargas is like, yo, man, like, you gotta, like, try to, like, throw the right hand and, like, and do something, and, and, and he's like, I'm throwing more punches, I'm throwing more punches, but it's like, you're not you're you're not applying like like a real strategy to like open them up, man. I mean, and that's the. I mean, I don't want to trust me. I don't want to compare Triple G to Rosado, but I mean, like, just to draw an example based on like the style that he has, there's certain traps that you can apply that you know will open them up. There's times where Willie Monroe leaves his right hand down, you know, and, and mm-hmm. like you know you can't. He never capitalized on that, you know, and there was times he did that in this fight. Um, you know, and obviously Willie Monroe, Willie Monroe won, won a unanimous this, you know, a, a unanimous decision. But uh, Gabe did say like he needs to, he's going to take a break. And, and to be honest with you, man, like I think that's a great idea. And the only thing is, man, like it's like he he's got like ten losses right now, man. And I'm trying to think like at what point. Or, or what are you going to – what's, like, the next course of action? If, if and when you do come back, when you think about the guys that are inevitably going to come up to that division, when we talk about the Charlos, the J-Rocks, the Andrades, and then, you know, Canelo will maybe still be there next year having not fought in you know, Triple G or whatever. But um, the, the, the water is still swarming with piranhas and sharks. And, and I think, yeah. like, they, he really needs to just think about – what what the next course of action is, man? Because 
even in the case like where he 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 just didn't land anything you know significant on Willie Monroe and and he didn't get hurt in the fight, but it, it you got to really just think about like what your next course of action is going to be, man. And, and and I don't know I don't know if it's so much of a situation with Fernando Vargas because I think you know Vargas for one, man. I mean he's got the in ring experience. He knows what it takes. He's fought the best. You know if if you're gonna have anybody tell you anything, you know, as far as like, I mean, you know, telling you the, the advice you need, that's probably a guy you would like to, you know, mm-hmm. listen to, you know, who, in the sense if he's training you. So I hope Gabe figures things out, man, because it's like he, he, he seems like a cool dude, you know, like he seems like a dude like, you know, that like you want to see him, isn't like, it? Like, like that's yeah, the thing man. with him. He seems, he, he is a cool dude. Gabe reminds me of one of those guys that when you see him sparring, when you see him in the gym, he has all this talent, but it doesn't translate yeah. in the yeah, ring. In the ring, yeah, man, yeah. You know, because you mentioned Gennady Golovkin. He was the first one that I saw that, that when I saw him fight Golovkin, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Golovkin can't fight off the back foot. Golovkin can't fight going backwards. I mean, you know, he was, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was, uh, I'm not going to say giving it to Golovkin, but, you know, he was standing his, his ground pretty good. The unfortunate thing with Gabe is he cuts very easily. You know, yeah. that's unfortunate. He cuts very easy, but I don't. I mean, listening to Fernando Vargas talking to him in the corner, it clearly became clear to me that this wasn't something that Fernando, where Vargas was seen in the ring from Gabriel, wasn't something he saw in the gym from him. And he was mm-hmm. like, "Come on, man, you know, let your hands go. You know, you know, you know what we work on. Come on." <laughs> yeah, and yeah, man, yeah. What, yeah. I, what I didn't like is when Gabe said to him, "I'm letting my hands go." I didn't like that. I did not like when he said that back to his coach because clearly you're not letting your hands go, you know. And I didn't, I didn't like that. So, but uh, I'm, I'm with you, man. Uh, you know, he's got ten losses. He's pretty much a, a you know, he's at gatekeeper status. And uh, it, it actually it makes me wonder. Um, it makes me wonder if um, if uh, Billy Joe Saunders is, is kicking himself for not taking that fight now. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, well, I mean that he's a whole nother can of worms, man. Like he he decides to talk like after the fact that somebody signed a contract and or is already planning another fight. I mean, he needs to get in the ring. Period. I mean that that that's like somebody, somebody tell me he was fighting David Lemieux. Uh, no, he's not gonna fight David. Lemieux. Okay, yeah, yeah. Maybe I heard him. wrong. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's two pages of a fight for him, man. He he claims he's, he's he has a fight coming in October, but he doesn't have an opponent. So who yeah. knows with with, with him? Yeah. But I just it bothers me because he's talking about fighting Golovkin. He calls him out on on YouTube and all that. But you know Golovkin is in is in negotiation by order by the WBA to try to fight make a fight with um, uh, Jacobs. Jay, so, and I'm hearing that that's like they, they, I'm hearing like they're they're they're, 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 they're pretty much going to happen. Good. Yeah. yeah. So you know I, that that call out. Like, I actually give Jacobs' call-out more credit than Saunders because, A, number one, Jacobs was asked, but he was asked the day before Gennady Golovkin's the fight. The fight, yep. yep. He goes, yeah, that's, I, that's what I said. I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, he wasn't like, you know, like, like Billy Joe Saunders saying, like, after the fact, oh, like, you know, like admitting the fact that, like, oh, you knew you couldn't beat him back then, but looking at that fight, now you think you're going to beat him? You know, Danny Jacobs has been asked about him several times, and it's like, 
he's not said no, but like he's kind of like eh, hinted like not yet, I don't know. But I mean, he he called him out after, so it's like at this point, I think number one, he has you know it does deal with the WBA and you know he's got the regular version of the title and you know Golovkin's got the you know what people consider the real version you know the super title, and if he wants to to have any chip to negotiate with in any fight post this fight, he's got to go through Golovkin. <laughs> I mean, that that's just because he has every other title. Unless you want to go to 168, I don't think Danny Jacobs should go to 168. So, uh, you know, yeah, that that's, I mean, I think that fight's going to happen, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll, we'll touch on that one when that is announced, but on to the main event, the fight we all didn't want to see. Canelo Alvarez versus Liam Smith. And, you know, I mean, look, we I'm going into this fight, and, and I'm expecting Canelo Alvarez to just be way too much for this guy who, mind you, comes from a big boxing family as far as, like, having four brothers that are all professionals, I believe. And the, I think Callum, the, the super middleweight, he seems like the one that has the most promise. Like, um, you know, stylistically and, and also just, like, skill-wise. Like, he, he seems like the, he could be the best of the bunch. But that being said, uh, Liam Smith, for whatever it's worth, didn't come to lay down. You know, and mm-hmm. he didn't have the punching power. He didn't have um, really all the tools needed to be somebody of the, calib- the caliber of uh, Canelo Alvarez, who, mind you, is also... Uh, much, much more experienced. But, again, like, there were points in this fight, man, where I was raising my eyebrow, like, yo. And I don't know if it has to do with the fact that, you know, you know, we're finding out about the broken thumb now with Canelo Alvarez, which is going to prevent him from fighting uh, in December. Uh, but I got to give credit to Liam Smith for just going in there and doing the best he could in and while he was getting hit, he didn't quit. He kept pushing forward until Canelo just landed those, you know, it was, the body shots were just way too much. And that, I mean, that was pretty much all she wrote. Was there anything with Canelo that you saw that you were either impressed with or worried you? Uh, you know what? Let me, let me say this. I'm going to answer your question. Let me say this. There are three spots. In in boxing, where if you get hit, you, you, you it's over. One is the temple. The second is the jawline right below the earlobe, and the third one we saw Canelo do it is the liver. Oh, you yeah. get hit, and them, them, them you're not spots, getting it's, up. It's pretty much a disconnect. But uh, you know, I, it's it's very hard to tell what we saw from Canelo because uh, in a fight, I think the one thing that that I'll say is. Um, what I did see from Carnella was he's not as easily frustrated because, like you said, Colum did. I mean, um, uh, Smith did come to fight, so he wasn't easily as frustrated as I saw him get frustrated when he fought Arizona Lada. He got a little frustrated, so he wasn't easily as frustrated. He's a l- little bit more mentally stable, you know. But um, I can definitely tell that 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 trying to make 154 is killing him because he also. Um, there were moments where I saw him kind of gasping for air really hard. Yep. 
Like the fifth you round. Know, there was moments, yeah, I saw him really gasping for air really hard. So I'm like, huh, lucky for him, he's, he's still in his 20s and he's young. So he, you know, he, he, he has a very high recuperating rate. But yeah. uh, uh, it, it, it's like when a, when, a, when a guy fights a fighter that you kind of know he's supposed to beat, it's kind of hard to see, you know, certain things that you can point out. Like, you know, people with the Brooks fight when he fought 3G. They say, oh, 3G can be hit. Well, that's always been there. That's nothing new. And then 3G yeah. went into this fight differently than he would in the other fight. So it was really hard to, to see. So the only thing I would say is uh, I liked his punch variation. He went to the body a lot more than in previous fights. Uh, but also let's keep in mind, this was, he was fighting a guy that he knew probably didn't have the, the power to hurt him. So, but right. uh, I didn't like the fact that um, he, he, you know, he, he, he was gassing for air kind of, you know, early in the fight. And like you said, the fifth round, normally guys kind of, get that, you know, where they look, need a little bit of air around about the 7th to 8th round, and they get their second win, then, you know, the 9th, 11th, right. and 12th. So. But outside of that, I mean, good, like I said, good, you know, he, he finished him off. He got him out of there. Uh, he realized the guy was taking good head shots, so he went to the body. And, you know, he was mixing up his combinations very, very good from body to head. So, you know, I give him credit for all of that. But uh, still just uh, – I just wish this would have been against a better – 154 pounder, but you know, if 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 you're trying to build, which is what I believe, if you're trying to build Golovkin and Canelo Alvarez, then you don't want to put them in dangerous fights because you want to maximize that money. Because I truly believe the reason why Mayweather Pacquiao took as long as it did because remember Pacquiao got knocked out by Marquez, so after that, him fighting Mayweather wouldn't have meant anything, so he had to go on a three fight win streak. And we had mm-hmm. to fight. I think if he wouldn't have got knocked out by Marquez, maybe we would have seen that fight a lot earlier. Probably a year earlier, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing, yeah, the, the one thing I'll say, I mean, well, I guess, yeah, we'll we'll segue into like <laughs> the discussion of the night, and it deals with the tie, you know, the the title of the night. Stakes are high, you know, stakes is high, and mm. obviously the talk of the boxing world is what is now, and no disrespect to Ward versus Kovalev, because for, I, there, it's two big fights, but for two different reasons. And we got to give respect to Ward Kovalev, but I mean, we can't ignore um, financially, number one, and just the hype that, that I think inevitably will be Canelo Triple G. Um, but we do got to discuss uh, the, what's going on as it pertains to pictures of people holding contracts and, you know, finding out, you know, <laughs> uh, those contracts are kind of funny style, as we would say. <laughs> and I, I think it, it's, it, it's a situation, and I don't know if you saw the ESPN first take a uh, video with Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman, but man, like I'm not somebody who's a big screen, and I call him Screaming A. <laughs> Shout out to Screaming A. Smith. Um, <laughs> look, man, he he really put it on Oscar, man. Like he really nailed it on Oscar because the thing about this is, and Max Kellerman kind of touched on this too. Canelo doesn't seem like a guy that 
is looking to duck fighters. And the reason I'll say that is because we got proof of that when he fought Lara. Um, mm-hmm. Lara, now, mind you, Lara was ranked like number one, number two in the division and so forth. But look, Canelo was already at a point where he had the machine behind him and they could have skipped over and fought somebody else. And Oscar didn't want him to take that fight. And Canelo, to his credit, he took that fight. You know, and I gained respect for Canelo after that fight. And look, he did fight Trout too prior to that. But see, like, that was like, he was like the number one guy. Like, you had to fight. And mm-hmm. Laura ended up becoming that guy, which was a more difficult style than what Trout brought. So I give him credit on that. Um, what's happening now, though, is Oscar De La Hoya, and to relate it to what, like, you know, the, you know, the show, uh, he, at one point, he gave this big, like, hurrah speech at the Hall of Fame when he got inducted. How, um, and, and again, this is during the climate when his whole company got eradicated with, from Al Heyman. And, and he had his, his, his fighters were all gone. And, you know, people were complaining that, that Al Heyman wasn't going to put together, you know, you know, the good fights, and he was going to hold these fighters back. And mind you, look at you know the fights we've already you know seen on free TV. <laughs> and um, he made this big speech, and you know I knew he was like you. You could kind of sense he was throwing shots at Heyman, and he was saying, "I'm going to make fights for the fans that they want to you know the fights the fans want to see, and this, that, and the third. And you know, in a sense, man, like he's now becoming a hypocrite, and he's becoming the person that like he was trying to oppose where you talk about the Don Kings and the Bob Arams or like even like him talking about Al Heyman and, and all these fights, you're becoming what you were quote unquote against by prolonging or should I say milking the cow, like, which has been mm-hmm. the, the, like kind of like the hashtag for this whole situation. And, and let me explain something to people that, Think that 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 you know when when Oscar De La Hoya is mentioning this this take it or leave it fee this flat fee that's like ten figures for a fight that's in a, a year that is not realistic that is not two teams coming together putting everything on the table putting sponsorships on the table putting the network on the table the pay per view company the cable companies figuring out everything for a mega event. We've been on this road before, and that's why, like, some fans, like, don't be naive to think that, you know, there isn't somebody, like, spinning the wheel here, man. And it's clear as day that they want to prolong the fight. And, look, I'm still believing it will happen. You know, like, I'm not saying, like, oh, Canelo's never going to fight him or whatever, but I, I think... The, the unfortunate side for Canelo is that he is, in a sense, becoming the shield for Golden Boy. Like, he's mm-hmm. taking the hit. You know, and, and, and that's the thing, man. Like, and that's why, like, with Canelo, it's like, you, you kind of want to blame him, but then you think about it, it's like, yeah, but, man, it's like, you're, 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 putting up, you're putting up for your company when you should be telling them, and, and, and shout out to Rocky, too, and I, I, I referenced this, when Apollo Creed was getting the letters from the from all the all fans, like I can't believe you you lost to this bum and you, and, and you're not going to get in the ring with him again and such and so forth, 
that hits a fighter's ego like you wouldn't believe, man. And I can't hmm. imagine that Canelo Alvarez is not sitting there thinking, like, how can these people think I'm scared to fight this guy? At some point, man, that's going to eat him up to the, maybe, I mean, for all we know, man, like he could say, yo, screw it. Let's do it in May, which would be like a blessing to us. You know what I'm saying? But it already is eating him up. I think it is eating him up because he stepped out of character in that ring when he mentioned about they sent him a, a contract a month ago yeah. and he hasn't answered him back. You know, yeah. I, I think it is eating him up. I, I think that, you know, he realizes just like with, with Lada, you know, Lada, I think, like a pro, uh, you know, walked in, uh, uh, broke up a press conference or something like that, got all in his face, and he's like, you know, yo, I, I got to do something here, you know. Um, the the unfortunate thing is, like, listen, Oscar has forever been a walking contradiction. Remember, he 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 claimed that the worst era in boxing was over when Floyd retired, and the best era with, with Carnello was coming. And, okay, Thank you. Yep. <laughs> you know, uh, he talked about. Al Heyman stole all my fighters. No, Richard Schaefer took all your fighters and gave them to Al because per the um, lawsuit agreement, Schaefer couldn't promote for like a year, two years or whatever. So he gave all the fighters to Al Heyman. And Heyman, well, you know, we've seen what, you know, what he's done with it. So, um, but again, you know, shame on Oscar for even letting that happen. Like you should have been about your business a, little, a, little, a lot better I mean, when you think about the guys that he lost, Porter, Broner, Garcia, Thurman, you know, I mean, how do you let that slip out of your hand? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, man. That's just crazy, that man. Yeah, and that, so, happened in, what, that happened in a month. Like, they, they were all gone. It, yeah. was, it was like, they were all gone. It was like you know, like, like, you know, when, 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 when um, another company comes in and buys out your company and then like little by little, like everybody just starts getting laid off and stuff. And then like yeah. they start disappearing from the company. It's like, yeah, well, oops. where's everybody right. at? You know, and, and yeah, that's right. much you know, they merge. Right. You, you know, they you merge, yeah. Says, oh yeah, we're merging, but you know, 70% really of the means. people here are going to be our people. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, okay. Yeah, man. But yeah, you yeah. know, to, to, your, to your point is, um, and I, I, I always tell everybody this. Go back to an interview Oscar De La Hoya gave on the fight game with Michelle Beadle, where he says, I'm going to let that fight marinate. I learned that from my friend Bob Arams. So he told us back then what he was going to do with this fight. So everything else is just a dog and pony show. Because he told us, I'm going to yeah. let this fight marinate. Because... Remember, and I said this, this fight, and I, the reason why this fight is bigger than Andre Ward and Kovalev is because of the significance that this fight has, all right? And what I mean by that is Andre Ward and Kovalev has a significance because you have two undefeated fighters, you know, um, fighting each other in their prime. But this fight is significant because you have a supposed unbeatable fighter in Gennady Golovkin, Right? And then you have, uh, you know, the, the heir to the pay-per-view throne in Canelo Alvarez. Mm -hmm. So that, that interest is there. Like, okay, you have, here you have a young guy who's the heir to the pay-per-view throne, and then you have Gennady Golovkin, who's, in, you know, who's supposed to be this invincible guy. So, hey, man, you know, this fight has that, you know, that boom factor. And, 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 and let's just, 
let's just, you know, tell it like it is. Both Carnelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin get the most media coverage out of all the fighters that's fighting right now. They get the most media coverage. I mean, they just do. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, and I'll go on record and say that's not a bad thing for boxers. You know what I mean? You know, hey, I'm, I'm not upset that they, that, they, that, they, that they get it. But right now they get the most media coverage. So they're, they're the two hottest guys right now because Canelo is hot. Because when Floyd left, he became, because like you said, he has the machine behind him. So he became the face of pay-per-view. And Gennady Golovkin has the machine behind him, and he's knocking everybody out. So they're two of the hottest guys. So that's why it's, 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 it's this big. But I think the reason why they, they, they're taking so long with this is because at the very core, this fight is a big fight. Now, I was one who felt, see, I didn't know that they were talking about fighting next, next September. I thought this was a, a, a $10 million, they offered them eight figures plus pay-per-view shares. So I figured, you know what, that's not too bad. But if you're talking next year in September, then, uh, then, then I'd have to agree with you. Now, that part I didn't know. I didn't know they were talking next year in September. So then, I'm hearing you know November. I, I, okay, well, even if it's November, then I have to agree with you because come just like um, as it turned out, I was one, again, who was on board saying that Manny Pacquiao should have took the $40 million that Floyd offered him because it was, it, was, it was double than what he was normally making. But as it turned out, he came out better because he wound up getting uh, $100 million yep. overall from the fight. So, okay, it worked out. And that's the same situation here. This is a big fight. Now, I'm not going to say this fight is going to make $100 million, but I think this fight can make somewhere around the 40 and $50 million. So both of these dudes can at least get, you know, maybe even $60 million. So you're talking both of these guys should at least get anywhere from 15, you know, 15, $20 million a piece. So, and let's just be honest, you know, based on what these numbers is for Canelo, who else is there? I mean, who else out there? Who else is out there for either one of these guys that we even care to see? And see I'm, the, I'm just being honest. Yeah, the, the thing, I mean, to parallel it with Pacquiao and Mayweather, the thing, the reason why neither Canelo or, I mean, it's for several reasons, but Canelo and Triple G by next year aren't going to be polarizing enough figures like Mayweather mm-hmm. and Pacquiao were, where they were able to sell seven, uh-huh. 800,000 pay-per-views fighting guys that they were outmatched. You right. know, think of, think of Floyd versus Victor Ortiz. That was a, a, that was a, a mismatch. I'm sorry. It was a mismatch, yeah. and it did a million yeah. pay-per-views. Yeah, and then he fought did. Marquez. It did a million pay-per-views. Pacquiao. Yep. Quaddy did 800,000 pay-per-views. So... Larry Merchant hit it. He said it best like in 2010. He goes, these guys aren't going to fight until they are exhausted with the fights that they can make the most money with before they can fight each other because why are they going to? Now, this this is why it comes back to Oscar because he wanted to get rid of that paradigm, but it's like he's shuffling it right back up. But what I will say, what I will say though is that I don't think, and and you had said it, like, both of them don't have a track record. Uh, and we're going to find out these numbers for, for the Canelo Smith fight. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be guessing it's in the low 200s or, well, or like mid 200s, thousands. Mm. But they are not the level. They're not at the level of Manny and Floyd to prolong the fight as long as it did, even though we were like, it's ridiculous that they are. 
But we right. ended up, you know, seeing fights that we were like, oh, well, okay, you know, we did see Floyd and Cotto a fight. I did, you know, inevitably want to see. You know, I was just in, I was just going to say that. Here's the difference: is even though they didn't fight each other, they still fought great fights. Like, like you said, uh, uh, Floyd didn't fight Pacquiao, but he fought Cotto. Uh, Pacquiao yeah. didn't fight Floyd, but he fought Marquez or Timothy yeah. Bradley. So they still at least fought top guys. That's not what we're getting here. <laughs> right. Yeah, but at that know? point, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see Canelo's overall take. I mean, now look, mind you, he got the broken hand, and, and you know he he's got a heel and, and so forth. Which again, like that, uh, it's not his knuckles. Where where that when you start to when, when those start to get damaged, that becomes a problem. But you know, you got to be weary of that too. You know, because anytime you damage your hands, man, like. It, it it is a naturally a cause for concern in future fights, right. but right. Um, right. I, I think for Canelo Alvarez, it's his, it's going to be a ne- an interesting next few months as it as it relates to like what their overall move is going to be because I think the whole boxing or the, I want to say mo- I mean because look there's a lot of biased fans for Canelo that are just going to ride with him, you know, no matter what. But I think realistically the boxing world is looking down upon the situation and they're seeing it for what it really is. You know what I mean? And yeah. like I said, it's a movie we've seen seen down the, yeah, exactly. We've seen this, we've seen this play before, you know, we've seen this movie, you know, this is like, you know, we, we tell, you know, again, we're, we're, you know, the, the GYGB crew, you know, we're, we're, fans of boxing and we're also fans of hip-hop and we're also fans of movies and and, and this is kind of like in the sense like the remake <laughs> that nobody wants to see <laughs> and, and, and and you know look we 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 know how this plays out i just think for the 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 boxing public and you know going back to you know the video yesterday about social media that's going to be another situation where people are going to be like harping and harping and harping because there's really no fingers to point on Triple G's end because realistically, realistically, like, who would accept a deal a year later without any negotiation? Because, look, there was no split. He was giving him a flat fee. There was no split percentage right. or nothing. So it's like, who's going to agree to that? And you made the point, too. With Pacquiao, he had, for, instead of $40 million, he came up 110. You know, now we could we could talk later about how much of that 110 he got, but that's a whole other show. So at the same time, I think they, these guys are inevitably going to fight, and I think you know they should be paid um, the money they deserve. Now, look to to touch on you know what Canelo makes a fight. People have this assumption he's getting paid like eight nine million a fight guaranteed. He's only getting paid like three point five million. He only made mm-hmm. five million guarantee with Cotto, but where he makes his money is through Tecate, through Azteca, through the sponsorships, mm-hmm. Under Armour, all that, and and then the pay per view cut and the gate cut. And when you add all that together, man, you're talking about some like million some odd dollars that could equal out. Right. Like I think he walked away with like fourteen million with Cotto, you know. So right. These guys will make their money. I think he walked away with something like, like a little bit over twenty million with Floyd. I think something like that, right? When it was no, like well, Floyd. Well, Floyd. No, Floyd. He. Only, I think Floyd. He only walked away with like, because he only got like four million for that fight. But I think he only walked away with like twelve. Which, mind you, for the time, like, okay, was still a lot of money for him, because that was like the most like he had ever. I mean, and that's the thing with De La Hoya too. Now, let me ask you this. 
Um, but before we, 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 we wrap up with the what if segment that I think you are going to be like, oh, boy. Um, do you think he, Oscar rushed him into that fight? Yeah. Like, do you think it was a good idea that, like, he, he fought Floyd that soon? Uh, I don't uh, – you know what? Honestly, I think it was a good idea he fought Floyd that soon because look at his progression after that fight. He fought uh, – okay. He fought D'Angulo, then he fought Lada, and because of the high he fought Floyd, he was able to cut off the ring and go to the body on Lada and, 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 uh, and, and look impressive in that fight. So I think um, now what I have done it, knowing he was so young and so green, probably not, but I think the thing was he, he, you also have to take into account he looked so good against Austin Trout that maybe, just maybe people was like, hmm. And then again, too, I always say this. Losing to Floyd Mayweather never hurts you. Why? Because he's not knocking you out. He's just outboxing you. So that's not an embarrassment to nobody because he's the best in the world. So losing to Floyd Mayweather, you lose nothing when you lose to Floyd Mayweather. You know? So I think what I said, yeah. Yeah, so losing to Floyd Mayweather, like, listen, man, he's lost to the best in the world. Now, losing to Gennady Golovkin, depending on how you lose, if you get knocked out or ran over, that can hurt your marketability. Yeah, and that's and I think that's where that's where some maybe some of the hesitations coming in. They're like, "Well, wait a minute," because I still got to try to sell you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think what, I think with Oscar, he rolled he kind of rolled the dice, you know. I mean, I, and I think a lot of us didn't think Floyd was gonna you know hop up to one fifty four to to fight Canelo, who I I, I thought would would do a lot better than he did against Floyd, but I mean, I think we all kind of got brought, brought back to reality when, you know, when you really think about what Canelo had faced up to that point in fighting arguably top three best of the defenders in, in, in boxing history. And yes, it did. It, it's, it's, um, it, yeah, it, I think they, 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 ro- they rolled the dice with it and, and the thing, they, they took the money, you know, and, and I think Canelo took the fight. I mean, he, he wasn't going to turn it down. You know, I mean, he would, anybody that, that gets an opportunity to fight Floyd, I mean, they're going to take it because, you know, they're obviously right. going to get a nice payday out of it. Um, but, yeah, I do agree. And you're not going to uh, get hurt. That's the yeah, thing. Like, you're going to get hurt and you won't get hurt. <laughs> you're not going to get yeah, hurt. <laughs> man, yeah, man, yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. I mean, unless you're like Victor Ortiz and look the other way and hug him and everything. But, you know, that again, that's Vic. So, right. uh, you know, we'll, we'll – we're going to obviously, this is going to be something that's not going to go away for quite a while. And as it mm-hmm. pertains to Triple G, like we said, I mean, we, we're hearing that, that this Jacobs fight looks as if it's going to happen in December. Uh, actually, I heard November 26th, which I don't know because that's Thanksgiving weekend. And I don't know if that's ideal because, you know, they probably yeah. target New York City. It's too much, it's too much going too on much, in November. Too much Did traveling, you hear? yeah. Yeah, well, not just too much going on. They're talking about having the uh, unification bout between DeGale and um, Bondu Jack in November. And that then, weekend? Um, yeah. yeah, then uh, Donna Stevens is fighting some guy, Perez or whoever he is, in November. Right. So there's a lot going on in November, you know? So I think uh, December seems, seems more ideal. You know what? Let me ask you this before you go, to, before, before you go on. If Gennady Golovkin beats Daniel Jacobs, does that give him a bigger bargaining chip now? I believe it does. Of course. It could. Because Jake, yes, I, yeah, I, I, I'll agree with you. I definitely uh, believe it does, especially if he knocks him out. I definitely now, 
he has a bigger bargaining chip now. When you like, you, you can't talk about the man's resume no more because now he has a quality name on his resume. On resume. Right, man. I mean, and look, it, it, that's. I, I mean, it, that in my opinion, that that will be a difficult fight for Danny Jacobs. But I mean, I think at the same time, I mean, Danny Jacobs has been in there with Peter Quillen. He's been in there with P. Rog. Mind you, I mean, it was quite a while ago. Didn't end well, but I mean, he fought. He is. He's been in there with you know top level guys, and mm-hmm. I think for for Triple G to get to you know obviously number one become the official super you know or you know WBA champion you know who, if anybody really cares about it, but um, that would really just be another um, etch you know like in his yeah. resume to say look man. Um, you know, when you look at the middleweight rankings, he's fought like number ones, number twos, number threes, number fours, number fives, respectively, de- depending on like whatever other people look at um, skill-wise and quality-wise when you, when you look at the, those, you know, the guys that he fought, whether it's Macklin or Martin Murray or Lemieux or any of these guys, um, he, he's only fighting the guys that are like in that rank. But Danny Jacobs, you know, does present like a different look than what he's seen and, you know, Danny, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't hit, you know, particularly like a bitch. So, you know, that's something you <laughs> obviously need to be careful with. But, I mean, look, I think that would be a, a, a nice fight, you know, for as long as it lasts. So, I think, I, I think the, thing, the thing with Triple G is that his trajectory as far as the guys that he could fight um, I think are a little more wide open than Canelo because like, we don't know, like, what their idea is going to be because, again, like, they were going to fight Gabe, man. I have no doubt about that. So if that's your first fight at middleweight, what, like, what's your course of action? You know, do you go fight Billy Joe Saunders? Do you go fight David Lemieux? Is David Lemieux, like, a good fight for your first fight at middleweight? And, you know, I think um, it is. But I agree with you. I think Triple G has more options than, than Carnello because he can go to 168 and make some really good fights. As where Carnello is like, I don't see Carnello fighting, like you said, when those guys from 154 come up there, those are dangerous fights for Carnello. Yeah. Charlos, yeah. Andrade, those, those are dangerous fights for him. So I definitely think G has more options. So, I mean, you know, like I said, now, now that I've got the whole logist of everything, we talked about that. You, you got to get the whole logist. I had no idea they were talking about a year from now in November. So if you're talking about a year from now in November, then, yeah, he's right for not taking that. Because it's like a year from now, this fight could be worth more. So why should I just take exactly. this 10 mil with pay-per-view exactly. shares where I'll probably only come out with $12, 13000000 million where you might walk out of here with 20 or 30 No, I, I, I agree with that. So, yeah, man, I mean, it, I mean, we'll, I mean, there's still a lot of time that, you know, we're, we're going to be I, – I mean, I, I'll, I'm going to go as far as to say, like, I don't think this is going to be a four-year deal. You know what I mean? But – I think boxing fans, we grew tired of what happened with Mayweather Pacquiao. And I think it, well, it's, it's been three worked. years already, right? Has it been three years or, or two years or something like that? It's been like almost three um, years. I, I mean, when, as far as Canelo and Triple G, I mean, I want to say since, since he beat Cotto, where it became, because remember, you know, it, it was Cotto didn't want to fight Triple G, and he didn't want to he didn't want to pay whatever fees for the sanctioning type, you know, mm-hmm. to hold the title and this that, and the third. Right. So like he he visibly didn't want to fight Triple G, and like everybody knew that. But 
everybody was looking at Canelo because he was the younger guy, he was the bigger guy. You know, it naturally it made sense that he would be more suitable to fight Triple G than Miguel Cotto, who is a natural. You know, he was is one hundred forty pounds that went to one forty seven is barely a junior middleweight. You know, who mm-hmm. who, who got a middleweight strap just to get a middleweight strap, but um, I, at the same time. I think from November of 2015 is that when Cotto and uh, yeah that's and, when they fought yeah so 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 basically it's been a year it's been a year since um, because they 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 won the he won the title against Cotto they went to fight Amir Khan and he was still the mandatory and then they um, and then he vacated so yeah it's it's been a this November is going to be a year since like. He was in line to like realistically fight Triple G, but you know, none of us really believed that was going to happen anyway. <laughs> um, so you know, it's a shame on these night on this call because I know he wanted to talk about this, but he, he you know he had he had a a long day, but like he's going to be listening to the show tomorrow, and this is oof. and I know and I know when you when you hear these. Uh, hear these these what if joints that we do man again like we do this because we're big boxing fans and we talk about fights all the time as far as like what if and that's why you know shout to rv why he named the segment what if we got it we we got a very special one this week boy (laughs) this is based off a tournament that that we did on instagram and the final came down to two heavyweights uh, two respect, two respected heavyweights. One very underrated heavyweight. Mm-hmm. One heavyweight that I kind of became to appreciate a little later in his career, and I'm talking about the great Larry Holmes versus Lennox Lewis. I saw this one on Instagram too. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we we um. We did this little uh, quasi tournament that we did on Insta. Oh, well, shout out to the you know the you know the the Guard Your Girl Boxing uh, Instagram page where you know we initially started this little round robin tournament. You know, kind of like like how how they did it with um, when when, when uh, before Tito and uh, Tito and 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 B Hop fought. You know, they had that little right. you know, with William Joppy and and so forth, and they had a little tournament. So they, um, they basically put, the tournament was Riddick Bowe versus Lennox Lewis and Larry mm-hmm. Holmes versus George Foreman. Mm-hmm. And the winners ended up, you know, being obviously what we're going to be discussing tonight, Lennox Lewis and Larry Holmes. Um, I'll let you take it away, Bo, because... You know, we've talked about the heavyweight division before. We've talked about some of the greats. And, and, and the, again, a division that, you know, we're, we're looking at right now. But, again, I mean, such a lineage to follow. And when you think about these two guys and you think yeah. about Larry Holmes, who I think is a very, one, an underrated boxer for, for being a heavyweight. Yes. Um, I'll let you take it away, man. Let, let me know what you think about this fight, break it down. What do you see happening at the end of this fight? 
Oh, man. Shout out to R.O.D. and Coltrane. You Shout guys, out to man. R.O.D., man. <laughs> and you guys, guys, you guys, you know, this is where I say these shows are good because this is where we find out who really knows their boxing. Yep. <laughs> this is where you find out, okay, a lot of us can talk. Who really knows? Uh, I saw this one on Instagram, and I'm going to say exactly what I said. I said, Lennox Lewis was a big man who fought like a big man. He had a very good jab. He had power in both hands. Uh, he was a good mover. And um, uh, the the one thing that was really underrated about Lennox Lewis was um, uh, Lennox Lewis was very, very good at, you know, sneaking his punches in behind your guard where you couldn't see him. He was very good at putting that jab in your face and then coming down with that right hand where you wouldn't see it, whether it was from the angles or whether it was from straight, you know, from straight. The only problem with Lennox Lewis is um, uh, I kind of question his chin a little bit because I, I've seen him get dropped a couple of times. Now, granted, these are heavyweights, and I've seen him get dropped. I've also seen him get, you know, get staggered. So I'm like, hmm, okay, how how does he react from a punch? And then then there were times when Lennox would get kind of gassed. Doing, and this is actually during the round, where he, he had a tendency to take longer periods than was necessary off, like, you know, three minutes. I mean, not three minutes, 30 seconds, sometimes uh, 45 seconds in a round. He would, he, you know, he would take them off. So there were, you had moments where he would let you back in the fight. Yeah. Um, so those are things that they worried me about, Lewis. Larry Holmes, he had that step jab. Nobody – could step jab or jab like Larry Holmes. Larry yeah. Holmes was probably one of the best heavyweight jabbers there was in boxing. Okay, mm-hmm. he was an excellent mover. Lennox Lewis was a good mover, but Larry Holmes had good footwork and he was an excellent mover. And Larry Holmes could set traps. He had a good ring IQ, and he had a chin. When he got knocked down by Ernie Schaefer and got back up, I thought Schaefer killed him. I Well, if arguably the hardest, you know, people call him the hardest heavyweight that ever yeah. lived. Well, you know, to this day he has the highest knockout percentage amongst heavyweights. So yeah, he yeah. went down, and Larry Holmes got up from that. People barely got up from and got up. And when he got up, he gathered himself, and, you know, he went back to what he was doing, and, you know, he got himself and came back and won the fight. So, for me, I just, and then, and I'm, I'm going to go back to something that R.O.D. said that stuck in my mouth when I first heard him say it. Larry, nobody was as conditioned as Larry Holmes. He was conditioned for 15 rounds. Yeah, yeah. 15 yeah. rounds. I've never saw in, in a fight when Larry Holmes was in where he had these low moments of, of 30 seconds or 45 seconds. I never saw that. Larry Holmes was always doing something in the fight, even when he was hurt. He was always doing something in the fight. So just off of that, I have to go with Larry Holmes, but it is a damn good interesting fight, only because I've seen Larry Holmes take a big shot and get back up. But I haven't seen Lennox Lewis do the exact same thing. And I don't think, even though Lennox Lewis is a, has, a, has a good jab, I don't think his, he has the effectiveness of a jab as Larry Holmes did. Larry Holmes' jab controlled you. I mean, he literally could control you and have you go where he wanted you to go with that jab, you know. 
So yeah. I have to go. With, I, I have to go with Larry Holmes on this one. But my God, what a what a what a matchup this would be. Because again, I mean, both and 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 mind. I think Lennox is actually a little bit taller, and would have yep. like an inch reach advantage over Larry Holmes. Yeah, yeah, a couple, so, of, yeah, a couple inches. Yep. Yeah. So, whoo, what a matchup. But I'm gonna go with uh, old school grit, Larry Holmes, only because I've seen Larry Holmes take big big shots and get up. And I I, yeah. I I just I haven't seen Lennox Lewis do that, and I just really think that um, uh, you know Larry Holmes with that jab, with his jab and his you know and his his his, his, his footwork could give I can see that giving Lennox Lewis a problem. So, wow, my God, I would love I would pay for that fight. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I definitely worth the price of admission. I mean. Th- th- interesting fight, man. And, and shout out to my man Reem who has a picture with Lennox Lewis, because I think, I don't, I don't know if he, he has a house down, down here in Florida, but my, my man has mm. seen him a few times down here in Miami, and they have this spot during Christmas time called Santa's Enchanted Forest, and he went there, and he, and he sent me a picture. He goes, yo, look, and, he, and, and mind you, my man's like, like five, nine and a half, and yo, Lennox is a big dude, yo. He's like 6'5", yes. I think. And yeah, he is. I think Holmes is, what, 6'2"? He's like six three or something like that. Six two, like six two, six three. You know, Lennox Lewis was, um, you know, he again. Like I, I became to appreciate him a little later in his career because mm-hmm. for some reason, like I, I, I got caught up in the whole like you know, you know, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like his style and so forth. But you know, as you get older, man, like just like naturally with other things, like with be it music be it movies, be it, like, how, how you view sports and things like that. Like, you na- you naturally, like, tend to, like, look at things in a different light, uh, you know, as you, you know, naturally get older. And, you know, I started to find a, a, a big appreciation for Lennox Lewis, you know, and then looking at the Holyfield fights, and then, which, you know, he got robbed in the first one. And then, yes, uh, you know, I mean, granted, like, you know, he did fight an old Tyson, but, I mean, just the things he applied in that fight and, and, and just those uppercuts. And, and he was another guy that had a really good jab too, man. And, you know, he was a rangy yeah. guy. And, and he also knew, like, um, like, like especially when, when you have, like, a, a big reach advantage. And Floyd does this too. Like, there's fighters that, um, that, that they won't be naturally tough defensively, but they'll keep that jab, that jab hand out. And you know who does this too, Marquez? Like, they'll keep yeah. it out there, and they'll throw those little sharp jabs, those, those little short extended jabs, where they're not coming from, they're not coming from, from a far distance. And, 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 and it's like, it's kind of like a measuring jab. And he was really good at that. You know, like, and, and I started to see that in some of these fights. And credit to him in the Vitaly Klitschko fight, because that's a right. fight that um, – he got clocked hard. I mean, there was a punch Vitaly landed in the third or fourth round that I, I thought that Lennox's head landed in the fourth row. And, and he, he took that punch, and I was really shocked because, you know, we had seen the Oliver McCall fight. We'd seen the Oscar oh, yes. fight. You know what I mean? And, and obviously we saw what he did to him in the rematch, but um, very – and I would call him maybe an underrated boxer too when you look at just like the landscape. And granted, the heavyweight – uh, lineage is just huge 
mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, hard to follow. But Lennox Lewis was a solid boxer, man. Like very another guy with a good ring IQ knew what he was doing in there. But you touched it, susceptible chin, you know. And yeah. when he got hit at times, he 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 would sometimes backpedal a little bit. And and granted, like he might have been just getting his marbles together, but. When you talk about Larry Holmes, again, you nailed it too. I think probably you could argue he probably had the best jab or one of the top three I've seen in heavyweight boxing. And he knew Mm -hmm. how to command distance, ring general, um, could punch like a son of a bitch. And and then you think about the guys, like you said, like Ernie Shavers. He fought Ken Norton. He fought... You know, uh, uh, Leon Spinks. He fought a, a, a young Trevor Burbick, and all Burbank. these guys that were that cracked, man, and could fight. And I think he proved but, yeah, number Lennox one. Too. Lennox Lewis, with the exception of Riddick Bell, fought everybody in his era. Yeah, he did. He, did. he fought well, everybody right. in his era. And I give him credit. Yeah. For right, right. I mean, and that, and that, and that's like another thing too, where I, I kind of, I started to really look at like who he was fighting at a point. It was like, well, look, he was just fighting the guys that were literally there at that point, you know, mm-hmm. and you can't fault him for, you know, whether, whether you, you know, you want to, uh, uh, you know, compare resumes for, you know, fighters he fought and whatever. I mean, that, I mean, that's neither here nor there. I mean, fighters don't have any control of that, but Larry Holmes to me, I just think again, man, like he fought in an era which some would argue was like top one or two greatest eras in heavyweight boxing. I mean, during that 70s era, it was just like, I mean, you kidding me? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, I think, I just think, um, I just think it would be an interesting fight because of the fact that number one, Lennox Lewis was a bigger, rangier guy, you know, right. had, had good footwork, you know, and Larry Holmes, I, I, I think it'd be an interesting battle early on, like who was going to set the, their jab and, and be the, the 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 one that applies it and pushes it and, and, and kind of like commands the entire fight. And while Lennox Lewis definitely uh, wasn't a guy you want to stand in front of, and he did, he proved mm-hmm. that several several times. I mean, the dude can crack. And again, he's six five. What did he come in at? Like, what what did he used to weigh? Like two was he like two forty, two thirty, two forty five, two fifty? Okay, dude, like. You get hit with somebody that knows how to punch, you're going to get laid out, period. Yeah. And he, I mean, and, and granted, like Evander Holyfield, I mean, only, I, think was, I think only Riddick Bowe, well, no, no, he, he got stopped later on, but like Riddick Bowe like had to throw the kitchen sink at Holyfield in the first fight to like, you know, <laughs> I, and, 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 you know, he put it on Holyfield Hard too, man, and and I I just think through the course of the fight, I think Larry Holmes is gonna show that he's he he's the more durable of the two, and you may mm-hmm. you may mention of the stamina, um, with Lennox Lewis in relation to Larry Holmes, who went fifteen rounds. I mean, not even argued that he could, he did. Um, right. I just think down the stretch, man, he's just got uh. He's the tougher fighter. He's. I always thought he's the most under one of the most underrated heavyweights of all time, just as far as his skills and his ring IQ 
And like you, and I'm glad you brought up the, the fact that he could set up traps. And you can look at like the Ken Norton fights. And you can look at some of the other fights that he had, where like he does apply like little tricky, tricky shit that you don't see heavyweights doing these days, man. You know, because no. you know they're just not schooled like how they were back then. Uh, you know, because no. these guys were schooled with like the welterweights and, and the and the yeah. flyweights and all these guys that were applying the same the same thing, man. So, uh, which I wish we would see a lot more of today. But I gotta go with Larry Holmes, um, <laughs> and I think he might stop him late. Like I said, I think I think Lennox Lewis was a really good boxer, and again, his size you gotta you gotta put that up the forefront. You can't ignore it. Yeah. You know. Even in comparison to like Vladimir Klitschko, who's like six six, I mean he's he's robotic. Where where uh, Lennox had movement, you know he he could pivot a little bit. He he could you know he could give you looks where it would be difficult to fight him. I mean he's a, I mean uh, that's something like middleweights would be doing or or light heavyweights would be doing, and that's how he fought. But we cannot ignore who Larry Holmes was in his prime, and Larry Holmes was one of the most. Um, dangerous heavyweights, but one of the most skilled heavyweights we've seen in boxing, man. And I gotta I gotta go with Larry, jump off the jump off the car, drop kick Trevor Burbick, Holmes, <laughs> uh violate stoppage. And and shout out to Larry Holmes, man. I mean the, the, he I mean, I've always, I was always a big fan of Larry Holmes, and, and, and I hate that he and, just came after he he came he came at the wrong time. He came after the he, era, like. And that, yeah. that that hurt him. That that hurt yeah. him for most of his career. You know, and I hate that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of like one of the unfortunate side of things. I mean, and let alone that he had to fight his idol. You know, and you know, yeah. and anybody that that hasn't seen that documentary on, like, it's like a thirty for thirty. You know, it, I mean, it's upsetting. You know, because you know, Ali told him like, "Yo, man, like this is." this is what we do pretty much. Like, he's like, don't let up. I mean, this is what we do. And that's just, you know, that's, that's Ali, man. I mean, that's, that's who he was. He was so, hurt. I mean, he was hurt. Yeah, he was hurt. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, yeah. Yeah, dude. It was, it's, it was, it was, I mean, it was for, for the time. I mean, I was obviously like that. I mean, I was like two, I think when, when the fight happened, but I mean, it was a sad thing to watch, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, for, for somebody like Muhammad Ali, who again, like, you know, he, 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 you know, one of the greatest that ever lived, if not the, you know, be outside of the ring. Um, it was a, it was a sad affair, man. And like, you know, Larry Holmes was like, you know, emotionally affected by that because it's like, you know, you don't want to beat the, the shit out of your idol, you know, and, and that's right. essentially what he did, you know, until a point where like he was kind of holding back, like, yo, like even looking at the ref, like, are we going to, you know, <laughs> But um, yeah, Larry Holmes, man, I got him by late stoppage, and I, I guess it's mutual. And I, I don't, I'll talk to Aldi, but I, I, I want to assume that he, he he picked Larry Holmes, but uh, we'll we'll chat with him tomorrow. But um, that's pretty much the show for tonight, man. I mean, we got no, uh, we don't got any major fights this week. I think there's some fights on Unimas, and I think there's some, there, there's a fight on Friday night on um on Showtime, I, you know, the Showtime Extreme. They 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 got a card. Uh, I believe I, I believe at nine o'clock. So, um, but the, you know, coming in October, uh, we were gonna see. I was hoping to see this Lemieux Stevens fight. We're not gonna get it. I think he's fighting somebody else on an HBO card. But I think everything at this point 
outside of the discussion with Triple G and Canelo, which, again, we know is not going to happen anytime soon, I think the attention now is going to be definitely um, going to be in the direction of Ward Kovalev, which is taking place November 19th, which, look, it technically is less than two months away, which is crazy to say because it's already September 21st, or it's going to be September 21st, and we are less than two months away from that fight, man. So I cannot wait. We'll be talking about it. You know what's crazy, though? We're talking about 3G, Canelo, Ward, and Kovalev, and nobody's talking about Pacquiao and Vargas. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) (laughs) It just hit my mind. It just hit my mind. Like, there's one more fight we're missing. Oh, wait. (laughs) Yeah, man. I mean, yo, man, it's funny. Like, my my man kind of was like that with the Canelo-Smith fight because he he was – or my cousin, I'm uh, I'm sorry, but my cousin Patrick, shout out to Patrick, he had hit me. And and I'll send you the t- I'll, I'll I'll send it to you, uh I'll send you the, like the the screenshot later. Um, he hits me up and he's like, "Yo, uh, what's going on?" I'm like, "Yo, no, you know, I'm uh, watching Canelo fight." He goes, "Canelo's fighting." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Who?" He goes, "He goes who? Triple G?" And I put like the emojis like laugh my ass off, laugh my ass off, and he was like laughing back. He goes, "Yeah, I didn't think he'd be fighting that guy yet." But yeah, it goes to show you know, you know, there were people that you know weren't really like tuned into like you know seeing that fight. But uh, I yeah, I mean, I I don't expect Pacquiao Var- uh, Vargas to like be that much of a success. And it's funny, I find it funny how Aram is like dogging the UFC all the time. But then he says he wants to draw the paradigm that the UFC is doing, which in my opinion is the smart thing to do: get rid of the cable companies and just do it yourself. I don't know why in 2016 you can't muster up the the money to just air your own pay-per-view. You know, like there's other companies doing it. So yeah. um, I, I think uh, for Pacquiao Vargas, man, like, you know, we're going to – we cover the sport. We're obviously going to cover it. Uh, I've been seeing some training with Manny Pacquiao and so forth, but – you know, nobody's really taking this fight that serious. Not naturally the boxing fan in us, as that date comes by, you're going to watch it, I'm going to watch it, oh, the Coltrane, we're all going to watch it. You know, like, we'll see. Right. But, the, but as far as, like, the attention towards it, or at least the anticipation from outside interest, man, like, it's just not there, man, and it's not going to be. Um, naturally, for us, Ward Kovalev is the fight that, I'm really looking forward to. I think, you know, now that these guys, you know, next month they're going to start getting into the hardcore training if they haven't already started by, like, the, I think next week. is You know, if we're talking about a seven-week uh, seven camp or eight-week camp, however long they're going to do it. But, like, in the next couple of weeks, you know, we're, they're going to start the hardcore training. So, we'll uh, – I, th- I forgot the date that they said that they're going to air it, but I think they're airing – it's called My Fight, uh, Kovalev Ward. And, uh, and, and it's mm-hmm. funny. Well, I mean, obviously they put Kovalev in front because he's a champion as far as like, the top billing. But, I'm, I, 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 again, like, props to Ward. He, he obviously, like, I, I, unless, like, that was something like we never heard about as far as, like, if they were bitching about who was the top bill. But, like, to be honest with you, like, who cares, man? <laughs> like, I never thought, exactly. like, I never made such a big deal about it. But um, they're they're doing 
I don't know if HBO is doing 24-7 anymore. Now, mind you, 24-7. No, they don't do 24-7 no more. They do road. 24-7 was a Floyd Mayweather idea. Right. And right, they had right. to pay him for that. That's why they stopped doing 24-7. And they do road to Pacquiao and Bradley or road to Pacquiao. Yeah. Well, I, honestly, like, I'm kind of glad they stopped doing it because I think you can knock all that out in, like, an hour show, man. Like, they, it, it's yeah. like just – just like how they used to do back in the day, like you know, you know what I do miss from HBO, um, the le- legendary nights, you know, and, oh, and I think oh. that, I, th- I think there's fights that have happened in recent times, and I think I somebody put a poll like as far as like what legendary nights we they, I mean, they did the Gotti Ward one, I mean, that was mm-hmm. more of like because you know Ward passed away, and you know they wanted to throw the shot out, but Gotti, Gotti passed away, you mean? Yeah, 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 Gotti, yeah, yeah, Gotti. Um, you know, like I, like to me, I think Cotto Margarito one is a perfect candidate for legendary yes. nights because there's so much you can. I mean, that's an hour show, you know, because then they can, you know, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, you could talk about the whole, you know, if you use plaster or not, and then leading up to it, and then you could talk about Pacquiao Marquez. That's another legendary night, and yes, yeah. you know, they definitely oh, they, need to they, they, they could do a lot of. They can do a lot of them, man. You can, they, oh. they, they can do a lot of them. You can talk about um, Ivan Robinson and Gotti. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, that is the show for tonight, man. Yo, I, I appreciate you coming online tonight, man. Again, oh, man, man, like, time, salute. Man. I'm, yo, like, um, I mean, before we wrap up, man, definitely plug the show, man, because, I mean, I know you guys show us love, man. I mean, you got to you gotta represent out here and, and let everybody know. <laughs> You know what time your show is, as well as you know plugging the plugging in the the social media accounts. Oh man, as always, thank you so much, man. Uh, you got me, Bo, my man Bernard. We are Truth and Facts about boxing. You can find us at uh, at Twitter or at Truth underscore Fact Box One. Same thing at Instagram. Now that I'm in the 21st century, shout out to R.O.D. again. Uh, <laughs> and you can also find me as part of the Movement Podcast every Wednesday at 8.30 uh, Central Time. So I think that's like 9.30 Eastern Time. 9.30 and Eastern Time, right. Yeah, it's me. It's uh, my man 2K the God from the Gods of Boxing, Jasper from Colossal Boxing, and Twine Levity from Hoop Jab. And uh, we, a uh, group of guys just like you guys, got together. Actually, it's kind of a, a, of a, of a model of what you guys do. And, you know, we, we got together and, man, we talk about topics and things that go on in boxing. And, uh, yeah, and uh, we have a special guest is Andre Durrell is going to be our Word. guest this week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, definitely, definitely we'll be tuning into that tomorrow. Yeah, because I think somebody's probably going to bring up what you was talking about about the incident. Right. So right. Right. That's, that's right. going to be interesting to see his take on that. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, definitely tune in tomorrow. You said, like, well, 9.30 Eastern time, 8.30 Central, and then I want to say 7.30 or 6.30 uh, West Coast time. Yeah, right. I think it's 6.30 Pacific. Right, definitely. So, again, man, and um, and your YouTube page, too? Yeah, yeah, YouTube, Truth, uh, uh, truth and Facts About Boxing. Right. That's my exactly, YouTube. Exactly. <laughs> Right, right, right. So definitely check out his video. Definitely check out Bo's videos, man. Like, I mean, when, I, I want to say, man, like, your consistency is, is, like, admirable, man. Like, I mean, you're really, like, <laughs> in these videos. Like, 
I mean, like staying up to four in the morning and, and, and editing, man. I mean, that reminds me of like you know, what I do on the music side, man. Like you know, staying up, editing, uh, editing, uh, uh, like you know, uh, whether you know if I'm doing snares and basses that I gotta mix and stuff, and I'll stay yeah. up to, like three, four in the morning, like making sure that you know they're mixed right. I mean, yo, man, like you, you, you definitely, man, like. Um, you know, the YouTube community in general, man, I mean, this is where, like, Guard to Go Boxing started, and, like, where I started, really, man, back in, like, right. 08, yeah. and, 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 like, um, you know, it, it's dope to see, like, people are still rocking, man, and, like, we talked about it yesterday, you know, the social, between social media and between people that are, like, using um, platforms that people go to to find out news, like, exclude boxing, just like, yeah. you know, people go on YouTube to, like, just see headlines for news titles. I mean, mm-hmm. NBC, Fox, CNN, whatever. I mean, yeah. not that I subscribe to any of those, but, like, you know, just I'm making a point. Like, boxing in general, man, like, we are people that while, um, you know, at some point, you know, we're going to get to the point where we're at these fights covering them. Uh, people do look to us, you know, to cover this sport, like, on a think, normal uh, basis. I think there's a fight this weekend or next week, um, Croyer versus uh, uh, Lanetta. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot you about know, that. You know, and the only place you hear about that is on social media. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Definitely don't sleep on that fight. That's going to be, you know, not to, not to, not to be the old drum, but like, that's going to be a barn burner, man. That's going to be an interesting <laughs> fight, boy. That's going to be an interesting yeah. fight, man. But, um, so, yeah, man, if you uh, – it, you know, like I said, we are on live Tuesday nights, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. We are Guard to Grill Boxing. We're out of Philly. We're out of Miami. We're really all over the world, man, if you think about it, because if you're on the Internet, man, you're all over the world. <laughs> so shout-out to my man, Bo. Shout-out to uh, Chicago. I got to hit up Chicago right. one more time, man. I haven't been there in hey, about, like, man, 10 years, man. I just can't go in. I just – I will. You got a place to stay, Jack. I appreciate it, man. My 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 Cuban brother, man. But I I will say this: I will not be going there in the winter time because I went there last time <laughs> in the winter time, and that is the very very last time I'm going to be doing that. So, <laughs> any case, man, um, follow us at Gardegro Boxing on Instagram. Um, you can follow me at Roberto underscore Flack Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can follow me on YouTube. I'm going to be doing more videos now. I finally got my whole camera situation popping now as far as uh you know hooking it up to the computer i finally it was a cable i needed to get to hook up to my camera and now it's on and popping so in the next few weeks you're going to start to see new videos uh popping up but um other than that man you can follow it that's uh, youtube.com slash roberto flat tv so we'll be back next week we're going to be obviously covering, you know, uh, upcoming fights, and especially that that uh, Crowla and um, and uh, what do you call it? Uh, yes, yeah, it's a, uh, Lenara's fight. So again, and also too, follow us on gar- on uh, SoundCloud.com/slash/gygb for those who can't catch the show live. Uh, the show will be put up before noon Eastern Standard Time on there every Wednesday. And you can listen to the show in its entirety, and you know you can listen to it on your on your phone, download SoundCloud, and you know listen to it while you're working out. That's really how I listen. I, I listen to y'all's show when when I, when um when I when I missed the show, and, and I caught it later on. So um, 
you know, that SoundCloud definitely a, a, a dope avenue for podcasts now. But in any case, we'll be we'll be back next week, man. Again, shout out to Bo, shout out to the movement, Guards Go Boxing, and we are out, man. Peace. All right.